0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Enzo Militia Season 2, Episode 26, Week 13, Game Day Panel. I'm your host, Isaiah Markle, with my co-host, Bill Snow, the Stats Guy.
1: I am the Snowman,
0: and just remember
1: that stats are cool. And
0: I'm also here with Captain Cade Man. You know what it is. <laughs> I'm also here with Mr. Exclusive himself, Riley Weaver. What's up? I'm also here with our special guest from Napoleon High School, Isaac Layman. Hello, hello. So, uh, Phil, we got a lot of games that are going to be very interesting, and uh, we're going to be stocking a score stream all night long.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, I'm excited to get uh, this Friday playoffs underway, you know, especially uh, uh, the local – the local flavor, if you will. Obviously, Columbus Grove with a really big matchup coming up this week. Uh, you look at some other local teams. Patrick Henry with a really big matchup on the on the, on the the horizon as well. Uh, looking to get a little bit of payback of Hopewell Loud and from their 2020 matchup. So that one should be an interesting contest in Division 7, Region 26. Uh, maybe looking at some outside games as well uh, when we get to our slate. So uh, a lot of fun games that we're going to be looking at. You know, a couple especially ones... Uh, uh, I want to look at St. Ed's and McKinley. I think that ought to be a really, really good matchup uh, in Division I, uh, Region One. And, you know, I, I was uh, looking at some stuff uh, before we turned the floor over here to our special guest. You know, uh, I was looking at some stuff over the last couple of days. And I found some interesting stuff on these uh, programs uh, who have won a lot of games here in the state of Ohio. And, and I just thought that I uh, would share some of that with you guys. Uh, you know, some of these teams are pretty local. Uh, so I thought that was pretty nice. Um, let's start with uh, Toledo Central Catholic from 1917 to 2022. There's 702, 369, and 33. Uh, so almost 8, or uh, just over 700 wins for that program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Faustoria, probably some of you don't remember the years uh, that Faustoria was a really, really good football team from uh, 1896 to 2022. There's 707. And 499, so just over 700 wins. Uh, these were one of 10 schools to win multiple state titles in the 1990s. They won a state championship in 1991 and in 1996. Uh, they were definitely a really, really good team at that time. Uh, 94 and 17 with two state titles uh, in 20 years, or excuse me, in nine seasons uh, with Coach Kidwell's last uh, uh, last couple years there. Uh, looking at some other teams on there. Uh, Brian was a local team, 673 and 499 from 1895 to 2022. Um, So – Pretty cool there. Uh, um, seven playoff appearances, all since 2009, guys. So left definitely uh, the Bryan football program has been on the rise. It's been much, much better. Uh, and then this is one that was interesting to me, uh, specifically for one player, but uh, Fremont Moss uh, to Fremont Ross, 679 <laughs> and 468. From 1895 to 2022, um, obviously you talk about Hall of Famer alumni Charles Woodson, Charles uh, defensive Woodson. back, running back, uh, Ohio Mr. Football in Ohio in 1994. Uh, 11 playoff appearances with his Playoffs? first one coming in 1983. Uh, you know, they're 3-11 and 11 all time in the postseason, but I'll tell you what. Uh, a lot of lot of wins there as a program, and uh, just just found some of that, and uh, I thought that was interesting to share with you. So, uh, before we get on our game slate here, we always like to uh, you know bring our special guest in and kind of give them a floor for a little bit. Obviously, welcome. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. We always love bringing people into this uh, to see kind of what goes on behind the scenes a little bit. But um, typically, we ask our guest how what they've seen over. Uh, their experiences on Friday night. But you were on the field Mm -hmm. uh, for all your experiences on Friday night. So uh, we just want to give you the floor maybe to talk about uh what you guys did as a team from the start of the season obviously started out 0-4 uh you finished the year winning four or five in a row uh you battle for that first NLL title in the cardinal division I believe the cardinal division right yes okay I'll get that right one of these years um (laughs) so just just talk about that talk about your team uh this this was your senior year so maybe just shout out some people that you want to shout out if you will Uh, we just want to give you the floor and kind of let you talk
2: um well thank you first off for having me here but uh you know it was quite a season um something to remember definitely but uh uh starting off our season we played two really good teams right off the bat i mean defiance and liberty center they're two two top uh top teams around the northwest ohio so uh defiance we just couldn't get our stuff together i, I don't know what was going on but uh L C too uh we were looking forward to that game um looking to get some uh, revenge but uh obviously that didn't go our way but um week 3 and week 4 we started to look ourselves in the mirror and just realize like um we weren't we weren't worried about our wins and losses but we just wanted to get something going for our team some momentum so uh we really looked at ourselves in the mirror and and practiced a lot harder came together as a team started to block out the negativity from our community and Mm -hmm. just focused on ourselves a little bit more um i think uh coach sweary just uh reminded us all that week he said control the controllables and take uh one day at a time he said he doesn't care about wins and losses he just wants to see improvement so uh, week three, obviously, we had a heartbreaker loss to Northview. Um, mm-hmm. um, we had some signs of life on offense and defense, but, you know, we just couldn't put it, pull it off. And then uh, our Anthony Wayne game week four, um, we had them. We had them and cornered up in the first three quarters, and then the fourth quarter we just died out. So uh, we realized what our problem was. We couldn't we couldn't just hold through for four quarters, so we just kept working and grinding. Um, and then finally week five, we played Springfield and got the ball going really good. And uh, uh, shout out to our wide receivers and off, uh, offensive line. And even Owen Espinoza, our quarterback, um, we got stuff rolling. So we f- started to get some wins, uh, five in a row. And then, uh you know, Fremont Ross, we just came out hitting and that just showed, uh, I don't want to say the el- elders, but the crowd in our Napoleon mm-hmm. stands are like, that's tradition. That's what we, that's the standard that we need to be at. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Yeah, we won five in a row, and then uh, week 10 we played Southview for the Cardinal Division NLL title. So um, uh, obviously we were really excited about that. We came in there thinking we could get the job done, but um, Isaac Isaac Sexton and the Southview Cougars had a really good team going Mm -hmm. for them, and I'm Mm -hmm. happy for them. But uh, I'd like to say uh, I'm thankful for all my coaches and all my friends and family on the football team. Um, The senior class was a really good, talented class. Um, I'd like to say shout-out Coach Sweary, and uh, thank you for Ken Brandon, my offensive line coach, for everything he's done for us and the boys. And uh, I'm just happy for us.
1: Awesome. Thank you for that take. We appreciate you sharing all that with us. Last thing here real quick, uh, how do you feel about the uh, the uh, NL, the new NOL division? Do you think it's a plus? Do you think you could see maybe some things going forward? What's your uh, What's your opinion on that here in about a minute or so?
2: Um, obviously, there's, there's pluses and minuses to it. Um, there's uh, less teams in the division, so – um you could take that as as you want it um a lot of the a lot of the schools in our cardinal division just thought they could be down on us i mean like fremont ross or pretty big school and they wanted to be in the cardinal division but we showed them that they were here to play football and uh clay too i mean about probably about the same size what a game as, that yeah. was too. yeah what that a was game. that was crazy but even on senior night but um yeah i i think it's a good uh a good way to show the talents i mean you got the bigger schools and mm-hmm. um uh, I just I just like the idea. I mean, awesome. I think the names could be a little bit better, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, thanks. Yep.
0: Absolutely. So let's dive into the games. First, Division Two, Region Six, the number two seeded Anthony Wayne Generals, ten and two, be playing against the number three Highland Hornets, ten and two, also. Phil, what do you got on this one?
1: Um, uh, this is uh, the Medina Highland Hornets here. Um, the couple of a couple of things I wanted to note about Medina Highland is the they they really haven't played a tough schedule. You know, they played a couple of teams over five hundred. They lost to nine and two Hudson 35-21, uh, and they lost to eleven and one Aurora. Uh, so they only have two wins versus teams that are over five hundred. They have two losses against teams that are over fa- that are over five hundred, and then um, just. Uh, you know really tough sledding against the rest of that schedule not not very good three and seven uh, two and eights a couple of one and nines as well so um, this one this one's really interesting to me guys I think Medina Highlands a pretty solid football team uh, the last time these two met Medina Highland was able to win this game 38 to 14 in the regional quarterfinals uh, the winner of this game obviously gonna have a tough tough challenge playing the winner of Avon Olmstead Falls which I think Avon won by 35 in the regular season um, you know uh, I just think, uh, you know, Medina Highlands defense has not allowed a completion until midway through the third quarter and only allowed 23 passing yards for the game. That was last week. So uh, defense is really good. Um, but you know what? I- I thought about this for a long time, and then just really thought, you know, what I think I got to go with Grant Kenny here. I just think that they really have the ball rolling on offense. This game being played at Sandusky Cedar Point Field, uh, just too much Grant Kenny. You look at Win Sharp, who's a, who's a weapon in the special teams as well. Kind of kind of made his mark on the game last week. Had a big reception, a big return for a touchdown as well. You know, you look at those skill players, and then you throw in like Brandon Gardner. Who's just an excellent running back as well gets downhill between the tackles. So, uh, you know, and I said it last episode, man, that Grant Kenny has some speed, man. I mean, that dude can run. I mean, so you get an extra blocker out in front of him, a lot of things can happen. Uh, I'm gonna go Anthony Wayne in a good game here. I'm gonna go 31-24, Generals.
3: All right, Captain. This is as Phil said it starts with Grant Kenny, for Anthony Wayne. Anytime you throw for over 1,500 yards and mm-hmm. rush for over 1,200 yards, there, there's a key player right there. All offenses ran a, a lot around him. He's going to be big in this game. I think Anthony Wayne's going to be marching for at least one more week. I'm going to go a
2: 34-21. All right, That's your game day. Uh, Anthony Wayne all the way, 35 to 28, close game.
0: For me, uh, I think Anthony Wayne's defense has been the spearhead mm-hmm. of their team all season long. Uh, oh. Anthony Wayne's physical plays physical football. Really impressed by it. I really enjoy seeing Anthony Wayne's offense clicking. Obviously, last year they went through what, three quarterbacks. Three yeah, quarters? they did
1: have a lot of injury issues in the and, postseason um, too.
0: And they had a lot, and with those kids having that experience from last season with all that, with all the injury bugs, and they you have backups that are now that are experienced playing in these playoff games. I see the generals marching tonight, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, give me a 35-21 win.
2: I wish it was tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really me wish. Too.
0: All right, Isaac, you got some experience against these guys.
2: Um, Yeah, I, I mean, I've never played Highland Hornets before, but Anthony Wayne, I think they're really good. I think they can move the ball good. Um, their defense is uh, – uh, they have a really good defense. They've got big uh-huh. guys up front. But uh, I'd probably have to go to Anthony Wayne. I mean, they're just physical, and I know they can hit. Um, I'd probably say 28-14 myself. All right, yeah.
0: all right. Our next one, Division Three Region what? Are we, are we You, got him. We you got him. You picked Anthony <laughs> Wayne, too. Yeah.
4: yeah. Oh, where was I? <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't know. He's Opie.
0: W- what do you say, the? Uh, bugaboo. A bugaboo land. I'm falling asleep <laughs> over here. Apparently, he's Opie. Our, oh our next one, division three. Uh, next division, division three, at region twelve. The number five seeded Wapak Redskins, ten and two, playing against the number one seeded Baden Rams. Baden. Baden Hamilton Baden. Baden, Hamilton, Baden. Hamilton, Hamilton Baden Rams, undefeated, twelve and zero. What do you got on this? <clears throat>
1: um, well, I think uh, I think Wapakoneta is playing just about as good as anybody right now. This game mm-hmm. being played at Greenville's Harmon Field, um, you know, I think Hamilton-Baden is a pretty solid offense. I think they're pretty balanced. Uh, I'll give you some stats there in a second, but I think Wapakoneta, uh, the way that they, the way that they've come together over the last six or seven weeks, they've mm-hmm. been playing some lights-out football. Uh, Let's go with some statistics here for uh, Hamilton, the Rams. Um, Alex Ritzy, 169 of 225 for 2,066 yards and 16 scores. He's thrown two interceptions. It's about 172.7 yards per game. It's about 75% on the completion percentage. Lem Grayson, 158 carries for 813 yards and 16 scores. Zach Yordi, 113 carries for 631 yards and 11 scores. Then you go to the receiving end, Aiden Brown, 43 receptions for 699 yards and 10 touchdowns. Carson Cheek, 30 receptions for 484 yards and four scores. And leading the way defensively for the Rams, Nate Ostendorf, 102 tackles and six sacks, including 11 and a half tackles for loss. Um... You know, balanced offense. I think Ritzy's got good numbers, but man, I, I don't know if I can pick against Wapakoneta right now. You know, I, I love I love what they're doing. They established a run with Jason Nows, and then when they establish the run, they really take the top off with those athletes on the outside, Caden Page, uh Marco, we saw him in person. Beholding he is lights out as an athlete, as a sophomore. So that Caleb Moyer, Caden Page duo has become absolutely deadly. And then not to mention, they have a really, really good offensive line, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, it starts oh, yeah, up front absolutely. with the offensive line. They play they, physical up there. And they give Caleb Moyer all kinds of time to find his receivers. They have a really, really good tight end who's actually being looked at by Division one commits as well, who's an excellent blocker, guys. So they have a lot of weapons. They can hurt you in a lot of different ways. Um I think the same thing about Hamilton-Baden, though. I think they have a lot of guys that can hurt you. Mm-hmm. They have some good rushing, good rushers, over 600, over 800 yards there. I think it starts with the quarterback, Ritzy, though. They like to establish the passing game maybe to the running game. Um, I'm going Wapakoneta on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're just playing better than anyone is right now uh, on this sheet as far as maybe other than Liberty Center. Uh this game last year was a game in this exact same mm. round as well. Wapakoneta was uh, lost this game 16 to nine. So this mm-hmm. was a battle last year, and oh, Wapakoneta coming that. for some revenge, guys. So I, I, I'm gonna. 13, what's that? 13 to nine. Sixteen, 16 to nine. 16 so to 9. yeah, I mean that's yeah three field goals, and and you know what? Wapakoneta has a very very adequate kicking game. Um, Kyle Beach, excellent soccer player as well. So I think they have a Leonard dimension there that they can score on. Give me the Redskins, guys. I'm going Wapakoneta, and I'm going – let's go with 24-10.
3: 24-10, all right. Captain. Wapak well, is a very, very talented sophomore class. De- definitely a lot of athletes. Yeah, it's very unbelievable. <laughs> I found I saw some film of them in there when they were eighth graders playing basketball a couple, <laughs> couple years ago against Ottawa Glandor. So they're talented. They're big. They're definitely football players. So, I like wok in this one, but I'm going to go a 28-21 to 21 victory.
0: All right. Mr. Game Day. I'm going against the green. Oh, yeah. you're going with the
2: Rams? Yeah, I'm going with the Rams.
0: Thanks.
3: <laughs> <Dang. laughs> or oh,
2: whatever. 21-14. <laughs> to 14. Okay, okay. Late game touchdown.
0: Okay. Uh, for me um, – Looking at, their, looking at their schedule, at their schedule here, uh, Baden's uh, scheduled uh, three teams they've beaten that is above 500 that has seven plus wins. Everyone else is six and below. Now, obviously, Wapak played Marion Local, the Alabama of Division of Division Seven football, and obviously battled with Defiance, who also been battling and literally gave Central Catholic a good fight. Uh, they just Wirt. got out
1: athleted. They didn't yeah, get out physical. Totally I mean, they just got out athleted, which yeah. that's going to happen against that team.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, St. Mary's Memorial ground and pound team, wing T style offense, drain the clock as much as they can. Uh, Van Wert high powered offense that ran through Bryland Parker. They shut that down and played against Salina, who was undefeated uh, going into that game and uh, for a WBL championship and uh, to spoil Salina's. Uh, um, Individual championship. Um, give me the Redskins here. I think they, they're. I don't think you want to be playing against Wapak right now. Nope. Uh, physical wing T style, and, and like Phil said, they establish the run and they're going to throw the top right off of you. And with the Caden Page duo, that is deadly. Give me the Redskins. I think they're going to pull away here, 35-21. It's going to be a close game all game long until until middle fourth quarter. Isaac,
2: um, records show these these teams are both gr- uh, great teams, but. I've heard a lot of rave about WAPOC, and, you know, I've never really heard much about their team. But right. uh, I've heard they've got a lot of uh, athletes on them. But I'm going to have to go Wapak 21-17. I think it's going to be close, and I think okay. Wapak's going to have revenge from last year.
0: All right, absolutely. Same division, Division Three, Region 12. The number six seed is Salina Bulldogs, 10-2, and two, playing against the number two seed, the meme team, Tivacanoo. Were, the Red-
2: were they bad last year? Who? Salina? Hmm. No, no. Maybe it was the year
0: before that, something like that. I don't know. Uh, number two, Cedar <laughs> so Tippecanoe Red Devils, ten and two. Phil.
1: Well, I got some stuff on Tippecanoe here. Uh, Salina, obviously, coming off of a really nice win over Trotwood Madison, and <clears throat> a game that they proved me wrong. I obviously thought that uh, um, that Trotwood would win that game. So uh, kudos there to Salina. Big, big win for them. This game being played at Sydney Memorial Field. Uh, let's get you some stuff here on Tip of Canoe. Cale, uh, or excuse me, Peyton Schultz, the quarterback, 139 for 217 for 1,668 yards, 21 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. In the ground game, Cale Little, 122 carries for 1,258 yards and 23 scores. Uh, Logan Butera, 75 attempts for 367 yards and three touchdowns. Evan Letty. Excuse me, Evan Lighty, 62 receptions for 790 yards and nine touchdowns. The next highest receiver, though, only with 277 yards, so kind of one-dimensional maybe there a little bit in the passing game. And leading the way defensively, Cale Little, 117 tackles, and Andrew Den, 82 tackles, so... Uh, just a little bit of stuff there on the Red Devils. Uh, this is going to be a really good football game, guys. Absolutely. I think Tippecanoe is really, really trying to get back to where they were last year. I think they lost maybe in this round uh, or the regional finals last year in this division. So I think I think Tippecanoe has really, really got an edge uh, trying to come in here and win a game. But I don't know the last time that Salina has been in this situation as a team. So I think they're going to be out to prove some people wrong, that they belong here, uh, and they want to play a tough, uh, a tough, tough game. So, you they, know, uh, it's...
0: They uh, lost in round five to Bloom Carroll, thirty-five to twelve. So they
1: lost in the state semifinals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Tippecanoe is ready to get back there again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I bet against Salina last week. I'll pick. I'll pick them this week. I'm going with Salina. Let's go with twenty to seventeen.
3: All right, Captain. Salina's got some nasty defense. I think mm-hmm. they're going to be ready to play. They got something to prove that they are the big dog. No pun intended. I like the green white dogs this week and a twenty-eight to fourteen win. All right, Mr.
0: Game Day. Tip canoe, baby. You're gonna go with <laughs> Tip canoe, yes, sir. Twenty-eight to twenty-one. All right, all right. Uh, for me, these two teams are, in my personal opinion, are evenly matched. Very solid schedules. Um, but, but the thing is, though, Salina has they had a, an amazing battle with Trotwood Madison, and they were down that game too. So, and I think this WBL schedule them playing Defiance, St. Mary's, Wapok, Van Wertz, starting off the season for them, I think this WBL schedule has prepared them for it to be battle-tested. And I think the do- I won't be, I think this could be a 50-50 coin toss, really. Um, I'm saying that I'm going to go with Salina here, but I wouldn't be surprised if Tippecanoe wins this one. I think it's going to be a close game here, 21-17, 50-50. Isaac?
2: Um, like you said, the Tippecanoe Red Devils—they were in a state semifinal, so I think they have an, enough experience uh, and uh, probably looking for some vengeance out, but uh, get back to where they were. But I'm gonna have to go with Tippecanoe. Um, twenty-eight, fourteen. Um, right. uh, could go either way, like you said, but I'm um, I think Tippecanoe Tip will come out on top.
0: All right. gonna Phil- be a,
1: <coughs> it's gonna be a, mm-hmm. an absolute bloodbath at the yeah. line of scrimmage. Oh, this game's definitely gonna be one at the yeah. line of scrimmage. I know you can say that about any game, but realistically, I mean. This is when it comes down to if you have an excellent pass rusher on defense, could become really, really, uh, could could really, really come in handy, especially this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're calling for good weather again tomorrow, tomorrow, tonight. I guess when you guys hear this tonight, um, you know they're gonna, it's gonna be some nice weather, and that's, you know it's it's kind of weird. I was looking at next Friday's forecast, and they're calling for 55, 60 again. At this time last year, it was 16 degrees mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a negative five wind chill with 25 mile an hour wind at Perrysburg High School oh, so it was sleeting rain. <clears throat> I mean it's it was rain, it yeah. was it was unbearable almost but um, <laughs> so it's it's interesting just uh, how a year later how the weather is and just you know let's hope that it just continues to stay nice mm-hmm. for us and
0: Absolutely so Phil, you, I believe you've got some outside games for us don't you?
1: <clears throat> Excuse me yeah I, I want to go over a couple uh, I think uh, in Division One, Region Two, I think Olin Tangi Berlin and Dublin Kaufman could be a pretty mm-hmm. solid mm-hmm. football game. I think Dublin Coffman, uh, the six seed, uh, surprising some people. Uh, you know, kind a team we kind
0: <clears> of <throat> a little familiar with over the years.
1: You know, I think I think with Finley being knocked out in the first round, they might have had a little bit of an easier path than Coffman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Coffman, uh, excuse me, but beating Olin Tangy Berlin seventeen to fourteen last week are. I'm sorry, beating Olentangy Liberty 17-14 to last week and Olentangy Berlin beating Perrysburg 23-7. to Both those teams were – games were close and competitive. So this berlin Kaufman game should be really, really good. Really looking forward to that one. And then um, let's go to Region 3 – or excuse me, Division 10. Division 3, Region 10, uh, Toledo Central Catholic playing against Mansfield Senior. Mm. Um, I think this is a game that could be – Extremely good. I mean, you're going to see some absolute brick wall-type hitting out there. It is going to be a fun, fun matchup for that one. And then, uh, you know, just a couple of the ones that I uh, saw there, and then I can go over a couple more here in a little bit.
0: Absolutely. So we get to our next division, Division 5, Region 18, the number one seed of Liberty Center Tigers, 12-0, playing against the number four seed of the Yoke Garber Rockets, undefeated also, 12-0. Phil, what do you have on us? Oh,
2: that's going to be an
1: <laughs> well, it's uh it, it, um this one's going to be played at Clay Memorial Stadium. Uh just a couple of uh quick outlook numbers here. Um uh, uh, Liberty Center's outscoring team's 587 to 75 Oak Harbor's outscoring team's 542 to 89. Liberty Center has 442 carries for 3,857 yards. They have given up only 288 carries. For 564 yards. They are outgaining opponents 4,717 to 1,485. For Oak Harbor, 617 plays for 4,935 yards. They have 411 carries for 2,840 yards, and they have 2,095 pass yards to give you 4,935. Just a couple of things here uh, on Oak Harbor. We'll, we'll start with them first. Um, the quarterback is the uh, leader of the of the uh, the team there, Michael Lalonde. Michael Lalande, excuse me, 142 for 187 for 1,971 yards, including 24 touchdowns and four interceptions. Uh, on the rushing attack, Dalton Witter, 150 carries for 899 yards and 16 scores. Uh, Jaquie Hayward, 62 carries for 655 yards and 10 scores. He's also the leading receiver with 69 receptions for 868 yards and 11 touchdowns. Um, Also a receiver for them, Ethan Stokes, 25 receptions for 436 yards and five touchdowns. Um, As a team, they have two kickoff return touchdowns and three punt return touchdowns. So five special teams touchdowns could come into play uh, big there um, for, for this game. Let's look a little bit here at Liberty Center. Or, excuse me, Jacob Reidner, leading tackler for Oak Harbor, 87 tackles. What's up?
0: No, we got we got a minute. I, Keep going.
1: <laughs> Liberty Center for Liberty Center, Colton Cruz, 114 carries for 1,360 yards and 29 scores. <clears throat> he averages just over 11 yards per carry. And then Trenton Cruz, 84 carries for 888 yards And 19 touchdowns, he averages about 10 yards a carry. Waylon Rents averages 10 yards a carry. And then Thomas – or Waylon Rents averages 8.9 yards a carry. And Thomas Muller averages 10.3 yards per carry. So three guys with over 10 yards per carry. So it really starts uh, up front at the line of scrimmage. That offensive line has been uh, doing Yeoman's work uh, all season long. Um, You know, I just think uh, personally – oh. I would be remiss if we didn't mention about Landon Amstutz. This guy has been fantastic all Study. year. He, he has answered the bell uh, when Coach Mueller has called passing plays. Uh, not only that, um, but you know what? We'll get uh, we'll we'll get back to uh, some some Liberty Center Oak Arbor stuff here in just a moment. Uh, uh, as we are joined now on our show by a very special guest. It is the Commissioner of the Northern Eight. Uh, football League. It is Joel Miller. Joel, thanks for joining us here tonight and uh, taking some time with us.
4: Glad to do it. Thanks for having me on, you guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we want to dig in right with this uh, eight-man football stuff. Obviously, uh, you know, we think it get it, it's going to start getting a lot more notoriety. We see a lot of things coming the way. Um, just talk about maybe the idea to start eight-man football, kind of where it came from, and uh, just talk about how you've seen it progress uh, just over the last few years.
4: Well, and I'll tell you this, guys, right off the bat. I mean, you, we, we the the quality of play for an eight-man football game is the qual- same as the quality of play for an 11-man football game. It's a different sport for sure, and teams that are going to stay 11-man are going to stay 11-man, but you have to have an option for some of those other schools, the smaller school districts who need to have an option to keep football on the field. You want to keep guys going out for football and playing on mm-hmm. a Friday night. You want to have an opportunity to have cheerleaders get out there and and bands to play and homecoming to you know to be held you know in your communities. That's what this is all about. And you know, about four or five years ago, uh, you know the, the WNDH did a Toledo Christian Holgate game uh, in in the year before COVID and it was a situation where we did that game on the air because Holgate needed to go to that. And, you know, we took a look at it and said, you know what, this is this is a lot of fun. And so I contacted a few people and said, if there's a way that I that I can help, I'd, I'd love to help because it offers a great option to keep football being played at these schools. And uh, they contacted me and said, hey, how about you, you come on with us and, and and help us out as commissioner? And I said, I would be glad to do that. And so, you know, for the last few years, that's where we've been at. And, you know, then it's then it's up to us to, uh, you know, as a group of, of schools to expand the sport around the state of Ohio and get more and more schools involved. And then the goal eventually is to have the OHSAA take it over as a sanctioned sport eventually down the line when we get more schools involved. And, you know, again, like I said, it's, it's all about keeping kids playing football in the state of Ohio in, in whatever situation in your home school. And that's what it's all about.
1: Yeah, I love that. You know, you really want to keep kids coming out, and you you want to give your community something to cheer about. You know, you talk about um, getting more teams, and obviously, uh, uh, hopefully, people have heard the announcement. We're going to bring you guys are going to bring in two new teams next year. Uh, Fremont St. Joe's being one of them. Uh, yep. You know, just talk, just talk with us a little bit about maybe how you guys have expanded over the last few years, and where do you see the limit to this becoming? I mean, how how big can eight man football really get?
4: It's, it's a matter of education. It's a matter of culture change. It's a matter of schools getting to the point where they understand that this is a viable option for them to do it and they're not hanging out in the middle of you know nowhere, twisting in the wind by themselves to keep it playing or have to travel two hours to play every game that's not the case and you know we try to expand the footprint you know farther and farther we added last year Sebring McKinley on the eastern side of the state of Ohio uh, Chalker Southington Chalker is a, the second school along with Fremont St. Joe that we've added uh, and they're over right by McKinley so you know the, the goal is to add geographically other teams because there are schools in you know all all five quadrants of Ohio if you break it down into five quadrants you know there are teams and schools in each one of those five areas that need to turn to something like this and if we can reach out to them make it easy for them to do it that's our goal you know we've we've gone through a lot the 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 four original schools uh, that were in the Northern Eight, you know, got to this point because they, they, you know, they needed to make a change. They were not going to be able to play 11 man football anymore. And so they turned to each other and worked together to make this happen. And we, if we can spread that out to others, that's what we want to do. And so the goal is really to expand this geographically. And the, the more it happens this year, we were able to, uh, to Talked to the OHSAA, who worked with the Ohio High School Football Coaches Association. The Football Coaches Association sponsored our postseason this year, and backed that. So I, that lends some some credibility to what we're doing, and makes it easier for teams to sign on and become part of this. And you know, it's 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 small steps toward that each time, but each step you take makes it easier for other schools to say, you know, we're you know we're to the point where we think we can benefit from doing this.
1: You know, and I think if people are just willing to open up, open up their their minds a little bit and actually come check it out, I think they would be uh, very, very pleased to see that it is very competitive football. And speaking of that, uh, let, I just want to hear a little bit of your take on the uh, on the eight man state championship game last weekend. Uh, obviously, you know, a, a very good contest, a rematch of last year. You know, you were on the field a little bit of that for that one. Uh, just, just talk to me or talk with us for a little bit about how you thought that went, and um, just you know give give a little bit of what you thought on
4: that one Toledo Christian played lights out uh, you know going into that one i thought it would be a very close contest right down to the end the the regular season matchup between Toledo Christian and Holgate was a 30 to 26 game and so we really <laughs> thought that was going to be a very close game but Toledo Christian came out and just set the tone early Holgate played well defensively to begin with but Toledo Christian's defense did not let Holgate's offense take control, and Holgate's offense is, is a very, you know, a very powerful force, and so, you know, they once they were able to do that, Holgate had to play from behind the entire time. That allowed the defense to thin their ears back a little bit more, bring pressure. The, you know, I think the main key was that Toledo Christian was able to play man-to-man on mm-hmm. Gates playmakers and that made the difference if you can do that especially in eight-man football where you're not able to roll an extra safety over the top more than one safety to one side that that can really change things for you and, and, and alter how the game is going to be played. And, and Toledo Christian was able to do that. And then offensively Tyler Grace, their quarterback really, you know, managed the game. Well, Carter Kester, if Carter Ooh, Kester man. is, man, he is the man. I mean, he had three touchdowns. Uh, you, he, he did everything. You could tell he was a man on a mission and, and Carter Kester just changed the world that night. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Hi Joel, I just want to say thank you for everything you're doing. This is Captain Cade Man here. I just got a hey, question. how are you? Good. I just want to ask you a question about what sure. qual- what qualifies some of these te- these smaller school teams for the eight man game.
4: The way the uh, Football Coaches Association is set it up right now is that you have to have under 160. 160- boys in your top grades so that that is a a number that you're getting at but i think what really you know if you're a coaching staff you know that as well as i do if you're a coaching staff and you're looking at it where if you're 11 man and you've got 20 kids on the field you can't go 11 on 11 in practice even you know i think that's a big factor that people really don't you know equate into this is you want to be able to as much as you can go go you know you know first first offense against first defense or first offense against second defense whatever it is you want to be able to do that as much as possible in the game in practice situations and if you can't do that that's the the first thing you have to look for and then when you look at others you know if they're looking at having 15 guys on the sideline for a Friday night you know that as much as I do, how much of a, you know, behind the eight ball you are mm-hmm. put. And, yep. and, you know, you, you know, we, we see it, you know, week in and week out where you've got schools that are going against powers. You know, I remember back to, you know, covering some Holgate games against those Wayne Trace teams back in the Ooh, early yeah, 2000s yeah. and to Nora and, you know, in the Green Meadows conference where they would show up that night knowing that the world would have to, you know, there would have to be an earthquake and <laughs> meteors fall and you know all these things happen for you to to be able to be in that game at the end and those things are just weren't going to happen and now you can flip that switch and change things and be competitive you know on a conference schedule at a state level uh, by making those changes and so I think that's the decision that schools have to make is uh-huh. what are you in for for your kids you know and it's a tough decision to make to say uh-huh. you know you know in in whenever we were really good, but then you look at your enrollment and your enrollment isn't what it used to be. And, you know, things like that, that, that the world has taken a change for for everybody in the state of Ohio and really across the Midwest. And you have to say, what are we gonna do for our kids here? What, you know, what's our what's our mission? What's our goal for this? And and I think that's the change that a lot of schools are starting to make.
0: Absolutely. Hello, Joel, this is Isaiah Markle, the host of the Enzo Militia here. Um, <laughs> Uh, My question is for you. uh, Going, we're moving uh, moving over to eleven men real quick here. Um, Sure. From from week one to week two of the playoffs, uh, what what have you seen in your personal opinion that impressed you, or a team that surprised you, or a team that you didn't expect uh, to be trucking on uh, going into this round three, this week, uh, week thirteen for playoffs?
4: You know, I think you know. I don't know that it's really a surprise, but. I think the level of play that Patrick Henry has put out there, you know, I, I mean, they were a solid team coming in, but they were able to get healthy and get guys back on the field that they needed to. And, and they had looked early, you know, when when a team like, you know, Patrick Henry loses Nash Meyer, a quarterback, that changes everything for them. Uh, and Lincoln crager has got to catch up quickly at that quarterback position. And he's not he's not the thrower that Nash Meyer is. He's more of a runner. He's more of a, you know, a hard nosed kind of guy. And so they had to adjust everything that they looked at, you know. And so I think I think from one to two, that was the you know, you didn't know what they were going to look at. And, you know, they played they you know, they played that, you know, the Arlington team that is, you know, full veer. And, you know, we just don't see a lot of that, you know, the NWOL sees the wing T and, you know, things like that a lot. But, you know, to run a full veer and to have it be, you know, your main offense, that's something that is just difficult to adjust to these days and so i think that was something that was you know kind of impressive to me
0: absolutely
1: yeah coach gentleman just always seems to find a way to uh, to dial okay. up the right call i guess if you will mm-hmm. uh, uh, just just the last thing here uh, you know just want to stay with the love man a little bit here uh, you know sure. who, do you, who do you think uh, in your opinion is built uh, to make a good run obviously we still have some local flavor Columbus Grove is a really nice football team they have yes. a tough matchup with Kerry um, I think Anthony Wayne is a really good football team with Grant Kinney and those guys over there mm-hmm. uh, and then obviously Liberty Center uh, has their handful with an Oak Harbor team uh, just talk about maybe uh, some of uh, your favorites going forward that could potentially make a deep playoff run and and keep playing as we move uh, farther into November here.
4: Uh, you know, I think you had a Bluffton team in there yeah, that, that yep, has done Bluffton. really well. Bluffton is one that that makes a difference. But you know, the culture that a Col- uh, Columbus Grove or a Liberty Center, you know, teams like that 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 should, you know, you never know what's going to happen on a given Friday night. But you see those teams, they're 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 built to succeed in the in the playoffs. Uh, you know, the, the, once you get down to the MAC, you know, obviously those schools. I you know, I think Edison is a team to watch out for too. You know, Edison's got to play cold water, so that one will be very interesting to see as you know who moves forward to you know play the winner of liberty center oak harbor uh, i think edison's going to su- surprise some people you know we had seen we had seen uh, a team in their conference huron play uh, uh, napoleon uh, a couple of weeks back and napoleon you know made quick work with huron but the talk of huron at that point in time was man edison's really good and and so i i you know we i paid attention to them after that and kind of take a look at what they got and i i'm impressed with them as well they could make a nice run too but you got to get past cold water too wouldn't be surprising me one bit if Coldwater water knocked them off and got that uh you know that revenge game against liberty center next week
1: i'm sure they got it circled somewhere there in that locker room and i think it's a good point about edison uh, marcus medina very very nice athlete over there dual threat quarterback so
4: yeah absolutely
1: uh, Joel, just want to say thanks for taking so much time uh, for some time with us, you know, enlightening sure. our listeners on the eight man game. Uh, we love it. Uh, we were there on Saturday. We we thought it was really, really special and hope to see it continue to grow and uh, hope to see you uh, keep leading things down there. Thanks a lot, Joel.
4: Yeah, glad to do it. And like we said, it's a it's an education kind of thing. If there are any mm-hmm. schools that are interested in talking about it, feel free to get in touch with me or one of our schools. And uh, we'd be more than happy to answer any kind of questions because it's going to take some decision making for schools to do.
1: Absolutely. Love awesome. it. Thank you so much, Joel. Uh, enjoy the rest of your night and uh, enjoy exactly. wherever game you're at
4: tomorrow night. You got it. Thanks a lot. Yep. Thank you.
0: And, ladies and gentlemen, that was Joel Miller of WNDH 103.1.
4: Yeah, the sideline
1: guy, man. He he does it all. Uh, you know, and I didn't – you know, me and Cade were kind of talking at the game on Saturday. He's like, I think that's the commissioner. And I'm like, dude, that's just Joel Miller. He's a, <laughs> he's on the sideline for 103-1. And then I heard that he was a commissioner, and I was like, holy crap, Cade was right. The captain. I don't know why I ever doubted him. We
3: were both kind of right, if you think about it. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I ever doubted him. But, uh, yeah, don't obviously the captain. Come I, on.
1: Obviously, we went over the numbers there for uh, Oak Harbor and Liberty Center. I, I think just the bottom line comes down to, you know, Oak Harbor does like to run that little bit of that hurry up on offense but you know I think Liberty Center is going to have that trained well in, in practice last time these two teams met in 2018 Liberty Center won 14 to 0 that game was played at Lake Stadium uh, a game that was just back and forth Oak Harbor had Three possessions in the second half. Two fumbles and an interception ended both of those drives. Liberty Center didn't score, uh, but was able to move the field and burn a lot of time off the clock. Uh, Caleb Carpenter, the running back, just mm-hmm. a bruiser, had a really big game for them. Cam Crew, nice game at the quarterback spot as well. So um, I'm going with the Tigers. Uh, I think it's going to be – probably 35-14, maybe even 42-14. You know, I don't want to – I'm not going to sit here and say that Oak Harbor is not a good team. Uh, I just think Liberty Center plays maybe a little bit tougher of a schedule. And I just think the depth that Liberty Center has—you can move anybody in and out. Um, you know, the one-two punch of Colton Cruz and Trenton Cruz, and then you got to think about Colton Chambers and and uh, Thomas Moeller and Waylon Rents, and there's just a lot of guys. And you know, I'm sure Riley will mention it, but Cam Colley's been a dog all oh, yeah. year on defense, and and it's a uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be a lot a lot of physicality at the line of scrimmage. Um, we're going to see which team delivers the first punch. Uh, Liberty Center obviously has to be mindful of special teams. Oak Harbor can return some kicks, uh, mm-hmm. so they'll have to be mindful of that. I'm going 35-14, the
4: Tigers
3: roll. All right, Captain? Let's talk about Oak Harbor a little bit. I mean, their schedule is what it is. I mean, they play in the NBC. That's not a bad conference. No, no it's way. not. I mean, no, they, no, they, not. there are definitely some physical teams in there, but there's probably two heavyweight favorites, in my opinion, in that conference. I mean, mm-hmm. you could arguably say the same thing about the NWAL. There's like two, two teams every year, mostly. Oak Harbor is going to have to limit their mistakes because their mm-hmm. margin for error could be very slim in this game. If they get two, if they have two or three turnovers, this game could end early. could probably get out of hand, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think LC's depth is going to be way too much. Too many playmakers, 42-14. All right, oh, Mr. Game Day. I was
4: going to pick
2: that next.
0: <laughs> Man, what's up with everyone stealing each other's scores tonight? Uh, we do I'll, that. I'll,
2: I'll continue with my score, though. Okay, go ahead. Liberty Center all the way, 35-14. Uh, to 14.
0: Okay, so for me, uh, obviously looking at Oak Harbor, they ha- there are two significant wins were against Genoa and Eastwood, and Hazard, and uh, that those two teams uh, was seven and four and nine and three. Everyone else five and below. Don't get me wrong, that's a very competitive conference, uh-huh. and it's it's tough. And mommy, mommy, shockingly, they were solid this year, in my personal opinion, even though they got smacked, but.
1: I think the most physical team that they've played this yep. year is probably Eastwood thus far, yeah, in absolutely. my personal opinion. Yeah, that was um, a 35-21 game. Uh-huh. Eastwood was able to move the ball with that rushing attack. So I think as far as what they might see to tonight, tomorrow night, whenever you hear this um, – that, that would be what I would think who you would look at. East would probably been the most physical yeah. thus far.
0: Oak Harbor, they're, they're known for physical, being physical and all that, but um, I think Liberty is going to... Yeah, if you try out
3: physical Liberty, it the, the, literally the, adds fuel to the fire. It there. does. There.
0: It really does. It's yeah. like throwing a gallon of gasoline into a fire. You don't want to do uh. that. So... Uh, I believe the Tigers are going to win this one. <laughs> They're going to pull away in this one. Give me. I think he's going to. I think it could get ba- bad early if Oak Harbor does give up the football. It's really hard. Obviously, you got Colton Cruz, who's the go-to guy, and then we got other guys behind them that they don't focus on. And Hocus Pocus, they have a hundred yards rushing. So give me the Tigers. 42-14. Isaac.
2: Um. You know, both teams they've had a su- successful season, obviously, but. Uh Liberty Center, I mean, I'm going back flashbacks to them. <laughs> they hit and they hit hard. Um and they know when you leave, they know that you know that that you played them that night. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm I know a lot of people from there. I'm uh, uh you know, a lot of people don't like to say that they're good, but man, they can back it up. Um I've got Liberty Center going 31 to 17. I think it's uh I think it's going to be close to the first half and then LC going to take it away second
1: half. I like like the Ian Rosebrook field goal edition. I'm a fan of that. I'm I'm a big fan. Ian works hard, and I think we should... I'm going to note this. Dude, our kicking coach is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. I mean, it is... I mean he, the 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 work that he puts in. I coach Russell, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean he puts in a lot of time with those kids, and I know that Ian works really really hard. And Max, I know he works extremely hard on kickoffs. If you looked at where he was kicking off last year to what he's doing this year, putting him in the end zone at ten yards into the end zone. I mean he is really putting a leg into those kicks, and you know I I had said I I was. Talking to my dad, I think Coach Russell overheard me, and he was like, yeah, he just missed it on that one, and I just thought that was funny that he could tell just by how Max had kicked it that he had mishit it, and, you know, it just shows what kind of time and, and really personal commitment that he puts into that. So I just I, I wanted to make that a point. I think that's really cool.
0: Absolutely. So we get to our next game, same division. Uh, the number two seeded Edison Chargers, 11-1, and one. playing against the number six seed, the Coldwater Cavaliers. Phil, what do you got?
1: Well, uh, you know, we kind of gave a little bit about Coldwater last week. Obviously, uh, Bla- uh, Balin Blockburger, the quarterback, uh, he's a nice, he's got a nice arm. He does ha- have some interception issues. through one last week against Archibald. Uh, of course, you know, Archibald had a couple of turnovers last week. Just some a weird, a weird kind of play where Kate had kind of gotten hit and the ball just popped up and a uh, Merry Christmas to a Coldwater lineman. And, and just like that, it was a turnover. You know, Archbold had some drives in the second half where it looked like they were going to be able to score and, and tie that game up. And then just Coldwater just stiffened up yeah. defensively. Uh-huh. So uh, this Mylan Edison team, though, very, very aggressive running football team. And uh, I just think that, um, you know, this is going to be an absolute barn burner at the line. I think I, I think physicality is obviously going to play a huge part in this. Uh, numbers for Mylan Edison – uh, Marcus Medina, 76 of 127 for 1,026 yards, 15 scores, 14 interceptions. And he also has 124 carries for 1,136 yards and 15 scores, and he has 30 total touchdowns. In the running game, there for also for Milan Edison, Cy Finin, 139 carries for 1,014 yards and 13 scores. Uh, receiving category, uh, David Went. 19 receptions for 237 yards and three touchdowns. Grayson Smith, 19 receptions for 235 yards and three touchdowns. And then leading the way defensively, Blake Simon with 88 tackles and Grayson Smith with 75 tackles. Uh, for Coldwater, it's uh, you know kind of uh, the uh, Cody Depog and uh, uh, Depwig. I'm sorry, it's his name, Cody Depwig and uh, uh, Jap, Jack Ebbing, uh, who is the Defensive Player of the Year in the Mac. Uh, you know, tough kid. Uh, you know, I think that's kind of the difference. It's going to be in the trenches. It, it, is Coldwater going to be physical enough at the line of scrimmage from, for Edison? Uh, obviously, Braylon Harlemer on the outside, he's a tough, tough ask to guard. A.J. Harlemer, they have some wide receivers over there. The Welsh kid is also pretty talented, good defensively as well. I'm going to go with the underdog, and I'm going to take – Cold water Ooh. in a close, physical, hard, smash-mouth football game. It's going to be 21-14. to 14.
3: All right. Kate. I think this game is going to come down to the second half. Which coaches are going to make the adjustments? Mm-hmm. Both know what you're getting the first quarter. You're going to try to fill each other out a little bit. I like cold water, what I saw last week against Archibald. I feel like they really, really shut the door on Archibald on those couple drives in the second half. So – Coldwater's athleticism is going to be too much for him, in my opinion. I like him 28-14.
0: All right. Mr. Game Day.
3: Uh, I picked Coldwater 17-14 late game field goal. All right. Ooh. Ooh. Isaac?
2: Um, you know, I really don't have much experience of knowing these teams, but uh, I had the chance to watch some uh, Edison film, and it looked like they had some pretty good size. They can move the ball well. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm going to go against the grain, like he said, and I'm going to go with Edison. <laughs> Um, I don't know a score. I'd, if I had guessed, I'd probably be low-scoring, like mid, mid-scoring game. But uh, I'd say like uh, maybe twenty-one-seven, uh-huh. okay. somewhere the around charges. there. The charges.
0: Okay, uh, for me, well, uh, Lynn Girl always said don't bet, don't bet against the Mac. But also at the same time, I've seen Edison. They got good size. They can move the football. But there's one team that Edison doesn't play, but Coldwater does. The Alabama of high school football, Marion Local. And I truly think that Coldwater is going to beat the Cavaliers, and there's, like Joel said earlier, there's – Coldwater is the Cavaliers. Chargers. My bad. Sorry, my my bad. My bad. It's probably fine. Like Joel said, Coldwater probably has a big red circle around LC. I can see a – I would like to see a Liberty Center Coldwater rematch for the regional title. Give me the Cavaliers. twenty-eight seventeen. 28-17. So, we get to our next one, Division 6, Region 22, the number one seeded Columbus Grove Bulldogs, 10-2, and two, playing against the number four seeded Cary Blue Devils, 10-2. and two. Phil, this is going to be a very, very physical football game. Both teams like the ground and pound here.
1: Uh, yeah, this is the sixth meeting all time uh, in the series, fourth time that they've met in the playoffs. Most recently in 2018, Columbus Grove was able to win that one, 21-7 in the regional quarterfinal uh, against Cary. Uh, Just a couple of statistics here for you for Columbus Grove. Landon Best, the quarterback, 101 for 148 for 1,319 yards, 19 scores and three interceptions, which is a 68.2% completion percentage. Rushing the football, he also has 121 carries for 552 yards and 13 scores. Also rushing the football, Trenton Barraza, 197 carries for 1,514 yards and 15 scores, which is about 7.7 yards per carry. And Josh Gannon, 80 carries for 526 yards and six scores. Leading the way receiving, Zach Reynolds, 40 catches for 447 yards and four scores. Kyle Hopkins, 27 receptions for 391 yards and six touchdowns. And Brady Basinger, 15 receptions for 163 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Leading the way defensively, Landon, excuse me, uh, yeah, Loudon Okmudi, 114 tackles, Landon uh, Huston, Houston, excuse me, 100 tackles, and Kyle Lathrop with 73 tackles. That was for Columbus Grove. Now let's check to the other side here. Oh, Let's get to my email here. Check to the other side for... Um, the carry blue Devils uh, they are they were finished the year 10 and two uh, three stra uh, third straight league title and they've won 26 consecutive league games as well this is their 17th playoff appearance they've uh, have seven straight playoff appearances they are 22 and 14 all time in the playoffs this is coach John Mershman's seventh year he's 66 and 20 uh, in his seasons there uh, and again he has a current uh, 26 game win streaks and in co- in conference play and he's 13 and five. Overall, uh, in the playoffs, let's look a little bit at the numbers here for Carey. Oh, my gosh. I have the whole league statistics here. I apologize. Um, Rushing – or, excuse me, for the quarterback, it's uh, Carter Smiley. Yep. And it is 55 of 105 for 971 yards, nine touchdowns, and five interceptions. Rushing the football, the workhorse, Eli Steen. 161 carries for 1,141 yards and 14 scores. It's about 95 yards per game. Another solid running back that they have. Carter Smiley, uh, 86 carries. That's a quarterback, excuse me, for 649 yards and six scores. And then it's Austin Niedercore, 64 carries for 547 yards and 11 touchdowns. So a lot of a lot of guys there that are uh, capable to run the football. Uh, let's look at some receiving numbers for Kerry. Oh, well, maybe I don't have any receiving numbers for Kerry. You're fired. <laughs> uh, they're not on the top here. I apologize, but they do. Uh, Austin Neercore leads the league in interceptions with six. Uh, Connor Norden leads the league in sacks with eight. Eight point five. Uh, Nathan Brodman leads the league in tackles for loss with 37. And he also has 120 tackles, which leads the team. And Connor Norton is second on the team with 116 tackles. So uh, there's your statistical breakdown for Columbus Grove versus Kerry. This game being played at Fostoria High School. I forgot to mention Edison and Coldwater being played at Finley High School. Um, guys, this game is going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a, a really physical contest. Um, carry has got a uh, – man, Carry is just – Carry's good, guys. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, You know, I think Columbus Grove has a lot of really good tradition. Uh, Trenton Mm -hmm. Barraza, I think, is fourth all-time, in Columbus Grove rushing history in the history books there. So uh, he just continues to impress me. It's going to be tough to run against this carry defense. Um, I'm going to go with carry 24-21 over Grove, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was a little bit bigger, but I'm going to go carry slim margin of victory here.
0: All right, Mr. Game Day. Carry,
3: twenty-one to seventeen. Ooh. All right, Captain. I like Carrie for one main reason: they're Maryland. I yes, I love that they run the, they run that still. I haven't seen that probably in a long time. They got the big Eli Steen kid. He's only a sophomore. He's six foot, 240 pounds. So he's a man amongst boys to tackle. Then, if you get tired of tackling him, you can tackle their fullback, Nathan (laughs) Brodman, 6'4, 220. So they're just really big all around. Just imagine trying to tackle those guys when they get to the second level. Just brutal. And then I like their receiver, Alex Putnam. He's kind of their do-it-all guy. He'll play quarterback every once in a while, too. The so. Wildcat. The Wildcat, yep. Very similar to Jack Hurst, Yep, stuff, body build-wise. So, I think Carey's just got a little bit too much for Columbus Grove, but it wouldn't surprise me. I don't like going against Grove too often. Mm-hmm. I got a 28-21 victory for Carey. All right,
0: Isaac?
2: Um, I've got Carey <laughs> taking it away in the uh, late half, late second half, 35-28. Uh, to 28.
0: All right. Uh, for me uh – Seeing Carey having a big guy back in their backfield again and another one right behind him, mm-hmm. um, I think Carey's going to run away with this, truly. Uh, it's going to be really tough to tackle 240, 220 pounds consistently. And obviously, they're probably averaging at least five to six yards of carry. And um, after watching Carey beat Liberty in 2021, correct, Phil?
2: No.
3: What's it? Twenty two. It was twenty one. No one state title yeah. that here. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah, the uh, state championship. Uh,
0: twenty one. Um, the huevo Villa
3: Jordan Villalave.
0: Yeah. Uh, he was like two. I think he was like, 260, Six like. two sixty something.
3: 260. I got it written, written yeah, down. Yeah. So,
0: uh, I think carries back to what they had uh, a few years ago. I think Kerry's going to win this game very easily. Give me a 35-14 win for the Devils.
3: We'll say what's a little bit different about this team is they use the quarterback differently than they did back when they had the st- their state championship team. Mm-hmm. Carter Spy is a little bit more of a dual threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. He'll take he'll just take it off the Maryland Eye, and then next thing you know, you get those two big running backs in front of you, mm-hmm. and then he's he just breakaway speeds crazy. It's, it's so gonna be t- it's gonna they be really, use him it's, a little differently.
0: It's going to be really tough to stop a, that Maryland Eye. Mm-hmm. So,
3: all right, we get to our Last
0: division, division seven, region twenty-six. The number five, Patrick Henry Patriots, ten and two, traveling over. Well, not traveling. Be playing against the number one seed, Hopewell Loudon Chieftains, twelve and zero, undefeated. Phil.
1: Well, I think uh, <clears throat> I think this is going to be a really good game. This one's at Bowling Green High School, uh, a pretty good venue there for this one, I think. Uh, you know, I think Hopo Loudon, I think I picked at the beginning of this uh, that they were going to be the class of this division, uh, this region. I thought that they would definitely come out of this. I think this is going to be their best game, though, if they are able to make it out of this region. I think Patrick Henry is going to be really, really tough. They finally got. They finally are, seems like they're healthy. Um, they're playing good, a good brand of football. It seems like they, they they've become a second half team as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you're able to stop the running game like Arlington has. So I like what they're able to do with that. You never know. I uh, hope O'Louden does have a very viable running game. They have a nice passing attack as well. They're they're very balanced. They're big. They're physical. Uh, this is going to be a dogfight. I'm going to go with the hometown teams, though. I'm going to stick local here. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Uh, I, I think – I think Coach Insulman going to have these kids ready. I think Lincoln Krieger adds a little bit of a different dimension to this team as Mm -hmm. far as the running game goes. So if they're able to be physical with him and Houston Miranda to open up some things, you know, if you've seen Landon Johnson be more involved in the running game as well with some of those wide receiver sweeps type plays just to get him out in open field and open space because he is a great athlete. Uh, Going Patrick Henry here, unfortunately, I think it's going to have to be high scoring. It's going to be 38-31 pH.
3: All right. Cade. This hopewell Loudon team was one of the two teams that knocked off carry, so it kind of gives me a general idea of how good they really are. Mm-hmm. Patrick Henry, I think it's Houston Miranda is going to have to have a big game on the ground. I think Lincoln might have to throw the ball a lot more than he's used to. The lack of the reps come in, in question a little bit, so use the receivers a little bit more, get the ball out quickly, because this hopewell Loudon defense is made to stop the run. Mm-hmm. It's going to be competitive. I just don't know if PH can do it for four quarters. So that's the only reason why I'm going to pick Hopewell Loudon in a 38 to 21 victory.
2: All right. right, Mr. game day. Oh, this game's going to be very close in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I picked Patrick Henry 24 to 21. All right. All right. Isaac. Um I think Coach Enchman's a really good coach. Uh, I've heard a lot of good stories about him through uh he actually teaches up, he used to teach at my school. This is the first year he's not, but um I think that he will have his guys ready to ready to go. Mm-hmm. They practiced at our high school and I got a chance to just see a glimpse of it and uh their practice looked high and um had some high intensity and I think that uh Patrick Henry is going to take it um to a 28-24. I think it's going to be very close. Mm-hmm. Um I think Patrick Henry is going to do good with what they got.
0: All right. Uh for me uh going with I'm taking the Patriots. Uh that coach I factor. like he like coach uh Muller always said he uh, looking at coach. I will look at your film. He'll he will sit there and look at it for hours just to see what you what your weaknesses are and will exploit it as much as he can. Um, and and like you said, Phil Patrick Henry is more has been shown the second second half team uh, as of late. Uh, I think give me the Patriots. Uh, give me a 31-21 win for the Pats. So we get to our last game, the number six seeded Macomb Panthers, ten and two, playing against the number seven seeded the Lima Central Catholic Thunderbirds, eight and three. What do you got?
1: Uh, Well, uh, Lima Central Catholic, one of their losses was to carry in week three. So, they've been been Mm battle-tested. I mean, Lima Central Catholic is a really good seven seed. Uh, And then you look at the other turn. uh, McCollum is a really, really good six seed. I mean, they have a really, really nice rushing attack. Their their running back is physical, and he's fast, man. I mean, he is a nice piece to that offense. Um, I mean, this this could be the toughest game to pick on the whole sheet. I can't even lie. I mean, this is a really, really tough ball game to Mm -hmm. pick from. Um, do you know where this game's being played at? Does it, did anybody write that down? This was, this is one I don't know if I wrote down.
0: Uh, I think we're all fired guys. I think we might have to end the show early.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This is one of the ones I didn't write down, but, uh, I'm sure captain will find it for me real quick, but you know, I just, uh, I think this is kind of a clash of similar styles. I think both the teams like to like to run similar style here. Allen East. This game is being played at Allen East high school. Thank Mm -hmm. you, cap. Uh, so, um, so, um, you? You? Uh, I'm you? Gonna, you? thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a really fantastic ball game. I think this is going to be a packed house. I think both of these teams are going to follow really well. Uh, I think the de- the deciding factor for me is Carson Parker for mm-hmm. Lima Central Catholic. I think he is the real deal as a dual threat quarterback. He's going to keep McComb off their heels. I don't know if Lima Central Catholic is going to be able to stop McComb. But they have some big kids up front, and I think that they're going to try to stymie that rushing attack mm-hmm. and make McComb beat them with their passing game. And I think which the Thunderbirds have a little bit of the edge there in the athleticism athleticism category. I think up front the offensive line is probably pretty even across the board. But mm-hmm. man, I mean, this is going to be a this is going to be a game, guys. Um, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Lima Central Catholic and Carson Parker. I think. They've just been here. I mean, they have been. It just seems like they always find a way to go round three, round four, every single year, uh, and they play out of that, like, independent-type schedule. It's just they find a way to play great teams. You know, they played Tenora last year, a game in which Tenora was able to beat Lima Central Catholic, and then Lima Central Catholic makes it to the state semifinals. So um, I'm going with the Thunderbirds, and I'm going – I'm going to go with uh, 34-28. Lima Central Catholic will miss an extra
3: point. All right. Cade. I feel like we talked about McComb a lot mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, talking about they are kinda of getting back to their old style when they won the state the state title a couple years ago. But eighteen. Eighteen, thank you. So it seems like this year they've had like a little bit of some hiccups every now and then losing to Pandora, which I didn't expect, and then they lost to Liberty Benton by twenty. So I think there's just some inconsistency there. So I think L C C they're battle tested. I like Matthew Quatman. It's a really nice running back for him, receiver. I L- think he's a running he back. He's a running back. Yeah, I think he's a running back too. Billy Bird. He's another good player for him. I think LCC's been there. They've played a really tough schedule, and don't mention how hard it is when you're independent. You got to find people that want to play you. Mm-hmm. So, I'm picking LCC two in a 34 to 24 victory.
0: All right, Mr. Game Day. I picked
4: Macomb 28
3: to 21. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay.
2: Uh, Isaac. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Lima Central Catholic, uh, fourteen to ten.
0: Okay, uh, for What's me, uh, I, I watched uh, the Lima Central Catholic and Airsville game. Uh, Airsville was able to run down their run down their throat a little for a few drives there, and McComb, they are just known for just hitting you in the mouth and running and just running down, just running down the field and shoving that ball down your throat. Give me the Panthers, okay? You're all wrong. <laughs> And if I – you, Thank you. Uh, give me a 35-21 win for the Panthers.
1: I just want to give a couple of couple of notes on this game. You're not changing my mind, both, sir. Both <laughs> – Okay, thank you for telling me that. Uh, Macomb and Lima Central Catholic both played Crestview this year. Uh, Macomb won 55-13. to Um. Lima Central Catholic is scoring 35.3 points a game and giving up 21.5. Macomb is scoring 49.1 points per game and giving up 17.3. Last year in the playoffs, Lima Central Catholic defeated Macomb 30-26. to Rematch of last year's game could be interesting. Uh, just a couple other ones I want to point out. Bluffton versus Ottawa Hills mm-hmm. at Napoleon could be an interesting one in, in Division Six. Marion Local versus Minster at Shawnee High School. Shawnee. And that one is in uh, Division 7 as well. Uh, Looking over to Division 8, or excuse me, Division 5, Region 17, Ironton taking on uh, Canal Winchester Harvest Prep. And that is at, I love this, Joe Burrow Stadium at Athens, Ohio. That is phenomenal. I love that. That phenomenal. They're going to they're gonna have a trophy for that guy or a statue for that guy soon. And then in Division One, St. Ed's versus McKinley. Uh, McKinley is one of those teams that I believe was close to 800 all-time wins in the state. So yeah. uh, they uh, are, are a very, very good Maslin program. Is-
0: is clicking on cylinders right now uh-huh.
1: yeah they're a very good program and then last but not least before we move on to our next segment I do want to give a mention because he shouted us out um, Whiteford is going to be taking on 11 and0 white pigeon white pigeon won last week against Sagatuk 30 to 30 to zero. White Pigeon is scoring 45.2 points per game and giving up 5.5, while Whiteford is scoring 42.6 per game and giving up 9.3. The last meeting, Whiteford won in the playoffs a season ago, 38-26, and the winner will play Clarkston, uh, Everest, Collegiate, or Riverview, Gabriel, Richard. Um, Whiteford is looking to extend its home winning streak to 22 games. So uh, interesting stuff. Uh yeah. Uh, on the slate for Whiteford, my, and then
3: that's my new favorite school now. Nogitok, you like that? White, white pigeon. White pigeon. Oh, that was white a good pigeon. one too. Um, one last thing I do want to mention is that I want to see
0: their mascot though. <laughs> it's probably a white pigeon.
1: <laughs> there are one, there are two teams awesome. in the state of Ohio uh, that are playing against art. That's wrong. Um there are two teams in the state of our excuse me, two games in the state of Ohio that are playing in twelve and 0 games. Liberty Center and Oak Harbor is one of them. Mm-hmm. This this says it's wrong. I'm not even gonna say it because it's wrong. But anyway, wrong. that's they're one of two games in the whole state that are against 12 and 0 teams, so I thought
0: that was All pretty right. cool. So now we get to everyone's favorite part of the show. The Militia Five with Isaac Layman.
2: There we go. So
0: Isaac, give me Number five.
2: I have. Hold on, let me pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This may seem as a shocker, but uh, talking with some of my friends and thinking about it myself, I think I've got Patrick Henry at number five. Okay.
0: Okay.
2: Um, at number four, I have Salina. Um, number three, I have Wapak, which I think Salina and Wapak could go interchangeably.
0: Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Um, and based off of who I've played and. The physicality rate and just uh, the way they can move the ball. I have Anthony Wayne at number two and Elsie at number one. All
0: right, all right. So Phil, give me the recap.
2: Um, yeah, it's
1: going to be the f- uh, number coming in at number five out of the NWALs, the Patrick Henry Patriots. Coming in at number four out of the WBL Salina. And they're taking on Tippecanoe. Tippecanoe. Number three, Wapakoneta. And they're taking on the Hamilton Baden Rams. Number two, uh, out of the NLL, Anthony Wayne. And they're taking on Medina Highland, the Hornets. And then rounding out the Militia Five is the number one team. And they've stood steady for 13 weeks. Uh, It's the Liberty Center Tigers. And they will play Oak Harbor, the Rockets. Uh, on the road at clay uh, a game that i think is going to be a pretty smash mount football game it's going to be the battle of turnovers and i think you can say that about most of these games riley i think i think you kind of nail nail it on the head with this one uh you you know you stress about how turnovers can play a factor this late in the season and you're going to see that come to fruition with most of these games on friday night i can almost guarantee the team that turns it over less uh as the teams that win uh and you know and and some of these teams are going to have to force some turnovers to get some wins guys i mean I mean, I I, I can't wait. I mean, this is going to be – it's going to be a jam-packed Friday night. The weather is supposed to be phenomenal. It's just – it's awesome. Uh, You know, just real quick before we go into other stuff, you know, how about Joel coming on and uh, just really giving everybody an enlightenment about what the eight-man game is all about. And I really enjoyed it here on Saturday night. You know, it was a a really good thing to watch, and I think you're going to see it grow. And then as I say that, you get two more teams in that he had mentioned. So, uh, I just think that's really special what he was able to do. And like he said, you know, it's all about kids' participation. You know, what do we do this for, guys? Why do we do this? You know, it's for the kids, and, and I just think that's super special. So,
0: Absolutely. So we got a few shout-outs, Phil, and we can call this one a wrap.
1: Hey, before we do that, Isaac, what are, you, what are your plans for the winter? Why don't you tell us what you're going to do this winter, uh, maybe maybe some of the things you're looking forward to.
2: Um, I will be continuing in my senior year of wrestling at Napoleon High School. I am the heavyweight there. And I'm just excited for a good year. Uh, I've got some things to prove on the mat, and I'm just excited to do it. You know.
1: Awesome. Uh, Do you? uh, What What are you going to school for? You have any idea what you want to do with that?
2: Um, if I could wrestle in college, that'd be great. But I have no idea yet what I want to major in. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that's a common thing around with some people, but uh, I don't know. What do you
1: think about Marcus Boys?
2: Man, (laughs) that's crazy. I mean, uh, I. He's a guess, junior I guess in high school, yeah, being I the know. number one wrestler yeah. in, the, in,
1: mm-hmm. the, in, the, uh, in the collegiate yeah. ranks there. That mean, is he,
2: he's just so like nonchalant and chill about it, and then he just turns into a freak on the mat like that. <laughs> um, really happy for the kid.
1: That's special stuff. So Special stuff.
0: Absolutely.
2: Thank so, you guys again for letting no me problem. Oh, absolutely. No I enjoyed every part of it. Absolutely.
0: All right, so let's get to our sponsor. Shout-outs, Phil.
1: Uh, uh, we'll start with uh, – Austin Berdue and the uh, guys at knock it out, drywall and AB perfectionist painting. Uh, like we said, you can give Austin Berdue and the guys a call at 419-906-1627. Uh, they'll come knock out the drywall for you, put it back up and repair anything you need done. And uh, his painters will come make it look nice and good for you, paint it up and uh, it's quality painting made easy. Uh, Dorian hookers pro day performance training with Jordan Berdue and Dorian hooker. And then not to mention, Barbie Munn, who does a great job out there with her group of ladies. Uh, fantastic, fantastic atmosphere. Uh, better athlete, better you. Whatever you want to do, just give those guys a call. They will work with your schedule. Uh, Jordan trains athletes as early as 5 a.m., 5.30, 6. I mean, he is willing to work with people to do whatever you guys need to do uh, to be the most quality you. Um, also, Dorian Hooker, speed training. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's phenomenal stuff there with what he does at UT. Uh Let's go with LC Tiger Sports Live uh, for the use of the studio and all the equipment here. I mean, it's just fantastic being able to come in here and uh, show our guests uh, all, all the special things that happen here behind the scenes of our show.
0: Absolutely. A shout out to every Liberty Center's favorite family, the Snyder family, and the Tiger Den Dairy Bar. And when they get back into the season, just remember, ask for a Duke Burger and tell them, we sent you. M- Weaver's favorite insurance company, yeah. Mayer Hop Insurance, are known as Meyer Hop Insurance. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Serving the
1: people of Northwest Ohio <laughs> since 1933.
0: Shout out to Chambers Control with Kirk Chambers, solar panels, high techie stuff that will give Phil headaches for days.
1: Uh, probably for a couple of
0: them. and Weldy with Norm Zeider helping out Northwest Ohio athletics and fabrication services. I think
1: since 1965 they've been doing fabrication services, yes. but they've been helping out local sports for probably 133 years.
0: Something like that. Record.
1: Uh, sign it, So it, screen it, print it.
0: And shout out to KK Collision with Kyle Kern. Collision and mechanical repairs 24-7. Lights and heavy duty toning. Give them a call at 7801. So with that being said, I'm your host,
3: Isaiah Markle.
1: Uh, I'm the co-host, The Snowman. And just remember that stats
2: are cool.
3: Captain, Captain Caveman. Mr. Exclusive Riley Weaver.
2: Isaac Lehman.
0: And this is Endzone Militia. Weaver King, oh!